Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Good morning. Good evening. Uh, uh, Hare Krishna, Mataji. Hare Krishna, Mataji. My obeisances. My obeisances too. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay, we'll just start. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Hare 
So let's just make sure everyone has the Zoom link. I'm doing the tech and the class today. So we're reading from Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 7, Text 42, and I will share my screen. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So uh, I'll I'll say the Sanskrit and then we can do call and response on the word for word just because the Sanskrit's a little bit fancy today. Deva Uchuhu Pura Kalpapaye Svakritam Udari Kritya Vikritam Tvam Eva Dyastasmin Salila Uragendra Hishanaye Puman Shesha Sidhir Hidivim Sritatma Padavi Sa Eva Jak Krishnor Kshinor Ya Pati Charasi Brityan Avasina Synonyms Devaha Devaha Demigods The Demigods Uchuhu Uchuhu Said Said Pura, Pura, formerly, formerly, Kalpa Apaye, Kalpa Apaye, at the devastation of the Kalpa, at the devastation of the Kalpa, Svakritam, Svakritam, self-produced, self-produced, Udari Kritya, Udari Kritya, 
Having drawn within your abdomen. Having drawn within your abdomen. Vikritam. Vikritam. Effect. Effect. Tvam. Tvam. You. You. Eva. Eva. Certainly. Certainly. Adya. Adya. Original. Original. Tasmin. Tasmin. In that. In that. Salile. Salile. Water. Water. Uraga Indra. Uraga Indra. On Shesha. On Shesha. Adishayane. Adishayane. On the bed. On the bed. Puman. Puman. Personality. Personality. Shesha. 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 Taking rest. Taking rest. Sidhai. Sidhai. By the liberated souls like Sanaka, etc. By the liberated souls like Sanaka, etc. Hridi. Hridi. In the heart. In the heart. Vimrishita. Vimrishita. Meditated on. Meditated on. Adhyatma. Adhyatma. Adhyatma Padavi. Adhyatma Padavi. The path of philosophical speculation. The path of philosophical speculation. Saha. Saha. He. He. Eva. Eva. Certainly. Certainly. Adya. Adya. Now. Now. Aksno. Aksno. Of both eyes. Of both eyes. Yaha. Yaha. Who. Who. Pati. Pati. On the path. On the path. Charasi. Charasi. You move. You move. Brityan. Brityan. Servants. Servants. Avasi. Avasi. Protect. Protect. Na. Na. Us. Us. Translation. The demigods said, Dear Lord, formerly when there was a devastation, you conserved all the different energies of material manifestation. At that time, all the inhabitants of the higher planets, represented by such liberated souls as Sanaka, were meditating on you by philosophical speculation. You are therefore the original person, and you rest in the water of devastation on the bed of the Shesha snake. Now, today, you are visible to us, who are all your servants. Please give us protection. Purport. The devastation indicated in this verse is the partial devastation of the lower planets within the universe when Lord Brahma goes to sleep. The higher planetary systems beginning with Maharloka, Jana Loka, and Tapo Loka 
are not inundated at the time of this devastation. The Lord is the creator, as indicated in this verse, because the energies of creation are manifested through his body after and after annihilation, he conserves all the energy within his abdomen. Another significant point in this verse is that the demigods said, we are all your servants, Brityan, give us your protection. The demigods depend on the protection of Vishnu, they are not independent. Bhagavad Gita therefore condemns the worship of demigods because there is no need of it and clearly states that only those who have lost their sense go asking favors of the demigods. Generally, if anyone has material desires to be fulfilled, he can ask Vishnu instead of going to the demigods. Those who worship demigods are not very intelligent. Besides that, the demigods say, we are your eternal servants. So those who are servants or devotees of the Lord are not very much concerned <clears throat> with fruit of activities, the performance of prescribed yagyas, or mental speculation. They simply serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead sincerely with love and faith, performing everything without loving service, and the Lord gives such devotees direct protection. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, Simply surrender unto me, and I will give you protection from all the reactions of sinful activities. This material world is so created that one has to act sinfully, knowingly or unknowingly, and unless his life is dedicated to Vishnu, he has to suffer all the reactions of sinful activities. But one who surrenders and dedicates his life for the service of the Lord has direct protection from the Lord. He has no fear of suffering from sinful activities, nor does he desire, willingly or unwillingly, to do anything which is sinful. Om Gyanati Murandasya Gyananjana Shadakaya Chakshurun Militam Dina Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Yamam Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutade Srimati Bhaktivedanta Swamini Tinamide Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharine Nirvashesha Shunivari Pastya Tadeshatarine Panchakalpatar Yubhyascha Kripasindhubi Evacha so we are continuing our discussion on this um, the next the next uh, chapter of this pastime. So these are prayers that are being offered by the demigods to Lord Vishnu who showed up with in a four-handed form to the refreshed yagya site and the, the assembly there each each person or group of peoples are offering some prayers um, personally in reciprocation with lord vishnu whose presence um, has been very uh, inspiring and soothing for all those all those personalities that are there after a, a dramatic and traumatic um, episode where um, the sacrificed went went rogue <laughs> in so many ways and uh, a lot of fe feelings were hurt 
and um, Sati uh, left her body. Daksha lost his head. Um, uh, Shiva manifested his his most intense ang form of anger through Virabhadra, and so. Uh, Afterwards, there was some mess that needed to be cleaned up, and Lord Brahma approached Lord Shiva, and amends were made, and Daksha got a goat's head, and uh, they all started over again. So, after they all started over, then Lord Vishnu graced, graced the assembly with his presence, and as we discussed before, um, he graced his presence after he, he saw that, uh, saw the efforts and the, the dedication that all the personalities had to try again and start over and do it better this time. And so now they're, they are, um, appreciating Lord Vishnu's presence and offering prayers in, through their appreciation. And you can see we're seeing now each each day we've read one one person or group of personalities prayers and they're all saying something a little different they're glorifying Lord, Lord Vishnu in a mood of gratitude for his presence and the demigods here are mentioning that they're uh, that the inhabitants of the higher planets they they were meditating on him uh, through philosophical speculation at the time of partial devastation, Prabhupada explains that the devastation that is that is being referred to here was a partial devastation. So there's a few there's different types of devastations, um, which one can read about in the third canto of Bhagavatam, where um, the calculation of time, the creation of the the whole manifestation of the material material universe is there um uh but this partial devastation happens it's happens um during the day of brahma at the end of every manu so Prabhupada explains there are some conversations where devotees are asking him recorded conversations where devotees ask him about the different devastation and um, someone, someone, one devotee named Rupanuka is asking. He's um, asking about the partial devastation. He asks, um, there at that time, he asks, now at that time there's like a flood and the animals that are there and the particular stage of transformation of the living entities, their bodies are all killed. Now at that time, when the end of that period is over, how are the bodies manifest? So Prabhupada says, there's no body. They are reserved in the Vishnu's body. And again, when there's creation, they come out. Therefore, matter comes from spirit. Matter is there. Creation, matter. So take advantage of the matter, just like the cloth is there. You cut it according to your body, and there is coat. Spiritual body is already there. Now the matter is there. Now from matter you take. You make your body like a dog, like an ant, like a fish, tree, like this. And so... Um, more details about the different types of devastation um, can be researched, but basically 
um, there are the, this devastation is being referred to as the devastation where only the lower planetary systems are, uh, are devastated while the higher planetary systems remain intact. And therefore the inhabitants of those higher planets, the, they are, they offer prayers to Lord, to the Lord as he, as he brings in, pulls back in all of his material manifestation and holds it in his abdomen. And then again, he will manifest. And so the, the uh, demigods are referring to this. And I was thinking, well, why are they, why are they saying this? You know, why did they, why are they, um, why are they uh, referring to this? Well, they're saying like, oh, you know, they were all meditating on you by philosophical speculation. And now today you're actually visible to us. So before we were meditating through philosophical speculation, but here you are in person now. And interestingly, they, they're, they're praying for his protection. And uh, as we learned previously, he manifested at this point in time here at this assembly and, and not forehanded, not a forehanded form, but an eight handed form. And in four of those hands, he had weapons for protection. And so the demigods are here and they're um, praying for his protection. And so Prabhupada emphasizes this part of the verse about protection. So he um, explains that the demigods, they depend on the protection of Vishnu. They're not completely independent, although they have a high level of autonomy and, and alongside that high level of autonomy is a high responsibility, which we see in our own life. Whenever there's autonomy, there's responsibility. So high, so high level of autonomy needs, means high level of responsibility. So here are the demigods, and these are uh, high, highly responsible auto autonomous beings. They have independence. They act as uh, powerful beings that are in charge of certain aspects of the material manifestation. They're like um, administrators to um, the higher universal government. And they are praying for his protection. And Prabhupada explains, as Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita in several, in several places, that it's not really intelligent to, to ask the demigods for for things because they're just like um they're living entities and they're in posts they're in high universal governmental posts administrative posts and they're doing their jobs and doing their jobs well they're they're powerful personalities but um why not go to vishnu who is their boss who not only is he, he their boss he he literally brings them in all the energies he brings all the energies of all, and all the living entities into his abdomen uh, at the time of de devastation so he all the all living entities no matter what level or post they're in at any given point in time they are all part and parcel and coming from the supreme lord so why not go to the supreme lord and um a few different places where Krishna explains to Arjuna um, in Bhagavad Gita 7.23. 
Um, he says that men of small intelligence worship the demigods and their fruits are limited and temporary. Those who worship the demigods go to the planets of the demigods, but my devotees ultimately reach my supreme planet. And so the demigods even say, we are your devotees and you, you are our protection. So pr please protect us. Um, Krishna also says in chapter 9, text 25, those who worship the demigods will take birth among the demigods. Those who worship the ancestors go to the ancestors. Those who worship ghosts and spirits will take birth among such beings. And those who worship me will live with me. It also says in chapter 17, text 4, that men in the mode of goodness worship demigods. In the mode of passion worship demons. In the mode of ignorance worship ghosts and spirits. So those are a few, few places where he mentions that. And... In the second canto, Lord Brahma, he's actually he actually prays. He's the he Lord Brahma is actually the highest living entity, and he is the creator. He he um, serves in the capacity of the high creator, and he prays to to the Lord, um, asking for empowerment to do this service. And if you if you see it, it's in if you'd like to go there, it's in um, Bhagavatam Canto two, chapter nine, and about starting at about text twenty five, um, he praises the supreme Lord. He says, "You're situated in every living entity's heart as the supreme director, and therefore you're aware of all endeavors by your superior intelligence, without any hindrance." whatsoever. So he's acknowledging that the Supreme Lord, he has the superior intelligence and he has no hindrance whatsoever in doing and in in, in that, in any of his endeavors. And Lord Brahma says, may I please be informed how, in spite of your transcendental form, you assume the mundane form, although we have no such form at all. So he's, he asks the Supreme Lord, how do you do this? And then he asks him, um, please tell me so that I may be taught in the matter by the instruction of the personality of Godhead and may thus act instrumentally to generate living entities without being conditioned by such activities. So he's asking the Lord to, to, to teach him how does he do that? And also, how do you do that without being conditioned by such activities, without being uh, affected? So he's asking for the protection of the Lord for the Lord to teach him how to do this service without being affected um, detrimentally by it. And then he acknowledges that he says in an affectionate way, my Lord, the unborn, you have shaken hands with me just as a friend does with a friend, as, as if equal in position. I shall be engaged in the creation of different types of living entities and I shall be occupied in your service. I shall have no per perturbation, but I pray that all this may not give rise to pride, as if I were the supreme. So this is so beautiful that Lord Brahma, the highest living entity, the, the creator acting in the service of creation, how the humility that he has and asking for the Lord to teach him how to do this so that he doesn't get conditioned by his activities. And he says, I'll do this. I won't be perturbed. I won't have any agitation in my mind, but 
what my what his he's most concerned about is is pride that as if he says as if i were the supreme and so so Prabhupada's explaining in the purport the demigods are not the supreme the supreme lord is the supreme we should go directly to the supreme we should go to the supreme lord we should um pray we should ask the supreme lord for um, we should pray to him and not ask the demigods for what we want because even the demigods they as Prabhupada says that only what they can give is temporary as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna he explains that what they give is temporary but the supreme lord can give eternal they can fulfill eternal desires and so in this conversation in the second canto where lord Bhama is asking for or the Supreme Lord's empowerment and protection from becoming proud in his service, the personality of Godhead says, returns, he replies, knowledge about me as described in the scriptures is very confidential and it has to be realized in conjunction with devotional service. That's how he responds. The necessary paraphernalia for that process is being explained by me you may take it up carefully. So he's telling Lord Brahma that in order to be, uh, to understand him, Lord, Lord Brahma is asking him, how do I understand? How do you do this? You have all these different energies and you manifest them. Uh, you're, you're like a spider that covers itself by its own energy and your determination is infallible. So he's saying this and, and uh, Krishna's replying back that, that knowledge about me has to be realized in conjunction with devotional service. Take it up carefully. All of me, namely my actual eternal form and my transcendental existence, color, qualities, activities, let all be awakened within you by factual realization out of my causeless mercy. So, Brahma, it, it is I, the personality of Godhead, who is existing before the creation when there was nothing but myself, nor was the material, nor was there the material nature, the cause of this creation. That which is, you see now is also I, the personality of Godhead. And after annihilation, what remains will also be I, the personality of Godhead. Brahma, whatever appears to be of any value, if it is without relation to me, has no reality. Know it as my illusory energy, that reflection which appears to be in darkness. So he explains further, Brahma, please know that the universal elements enter into the cosmos and at the same time do not enter into the cosmos. Similarly, I myself also exist within everything created and at the same time I am outside of everything. A person who is searching after the supreme absolute truth, the personality of Godhead, must cer most certainly search for it up to this in all circumstances, in all space and time, and both directly and indirectly. So, so he's uh, explaining how he's in every in every part of the manifestation, and that people search for him. And the absolute truth in all circumstances, in all space and time, directly and indirectly. Brahma, just follow this conclusion by fixed 
concentration of mind, and no pride will disturb you, neither in the partial nor in the final devastation. So that, that was his reply to Lord Brahma, who was concerned about his service. Uh, who's concerned about his service. And uh, the Lord pacifies him, saying, Fix your mind in devotional service, where you'll have practically pra you'll have practical realization about me and how to perform your service. And so the demigods they they require they they require the empowerment of the supreme lord, they re require the protection of the supreme lord. There's different uh, pastimes that we hear about in Bhagavatam, like the battle between the the demigods and the uh, the asuras, the demons, and the supreme lord saves them through the um, by different ways, but through Mohini Murti he's able to protect the demigods and so not only do the demigods need his protection but also we do so here on this earth planet we're in a, in a mixed we've got a mixed bag situation uh there's a, a bit more a bit more sludge to work through um, at the same time it's a really good opportunity to take shelter because uh, it's not that it's not that beautiful and great here. So instead of approaching the demigods, we approach the Supreme Lord. And to understand the Supreme Lord, to love him further, we engage in practical devotional service to have to have true realizations about him. We serve uh, we serve the devotees. We serve um, the the Lord in different ways, speaking about him, um, reading about him, offering worship in different ways. So uh, and Krishna explains to Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita that uh, in 18, 1857, he says that in all activities just depend upon me and work always under my protection and such devotional service be fully conscious of me so he he and encourages arjuna in this way as the demigods are praying to the lord for protection that when we depend upon the empowerment of the lord who we are part and parcel of then we get that protection so Sometimes if we're overly dependent on someone, then what happens is, is that we, we're not powerful. We lose empowerment when we let um, someone else overpower us. So we may have so many different experiences in our life where we've uh, given, given respons responsibility that's ours over to someone else and then felt frustrated, angry, um, abused, used, and... Uh, not protected so this is a lot different so in this case um, this is where we're supposed to depend this is where we put our dependency at the same time Krishna also expects us to have a healthy interdependence that we need to uh, help ourselves so God helps those who helps themselves 
so we have a healthy level of dependency on the Lord where we are ready to serve when he wants us to and in that service we are knowing that really our only empowerment comes from him if Lord Brahma was a very powerful person depends it prays and depends on the Lord in this way or to speak of us who are basically just struggling to pay the bills, <laughs> make our relationships work out, um, get along with people, make it through life, finish our japa every day, try to read every day, you know, um, uh, conduct ourselves in a in a in a manner that's beneficial for ourselves and others. So, we really depend on the Lord. So I'll just pause there, and see if anyone has any. Oh, okay. The sound is weird. I was wondering what you're talking about. Cabbages. Nate says it sounds like cabbages. That's weird. Is that better? Does that change anything? I can hear you per perfectly. Oh, you can? Yeah, here in Portugal. Hmm. Nate says it sounds like someone's cutting cabbages in the background. No, no, uh, I, I don't hear it. Only okay. you speaking. Okay. Well, Hare Krishna. Um, I just, can I speak? About yeah, yeah. This, this um, what I'm loving so much about this part, part is there seems to be um, a deflection back to Vishnu from all of these different um, entities. And my love for the wives or for the demigods or for the earth can all be then used to move into my love for, for to, to Krishna, to Vishnu. So I really like that. And then we practice that. If what I've heard from devotees is when they're complimented, it's always owed to the glories of my spiritual master, to the glories of Prabhupada. And I'm seeing that that clearly being demonstrated in each one of these prayers, there's an acknowledgement for their relationship, but yet there's a complete deflection to Vishnu that this is really where the glory belongs. And so I really like that because my connection to any of these smaller aspects of the Lord can be then transferred into my love for Vishnu. So just wanted to speak my appreciation for a little, um, not nothing specific on the you know the sastras, but just from a general viewpoint, I really appreciate this. Seems like it's it's very kind to hear it in that in, in from from that point of view. Yeah, yeah, because they're having a it's like a quite a significant moment. Can you imagine after after all that turmoil, like here comes Vishnu and he's so effulgent and they're praising him how beautiful he is and he has eight arms and they're in every hand he's holding some this. It's, it's symbolizing his protection and care for the devotees. So how wonderful it must have been to just like, oh, here he is, he showed up. And they're saying like, well, you know, the, those on the higher planetary systems, they were, they were meditating on you through philosophical speculation, but here you are now. That's how amazing it is to see you. And so the prayers that are being offered, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of like an outpour of, uh, of whatever feelings they're having when they're seeing him. Yeah, yeah, so I, I appreciate your personal reflection, how 
your own, the things that are very valuable and significant to you, how you can reciprocate with the Lord by appreciating him through these things where you experience him. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I, I, I have a question, if I may. Yes, please go for it. Um, uh, uh, Mataji, uh, my question is related to the purport where I find the following passage, quote, this material world is so created that one has to act sinfully, knowingly or unknowingly. And unless his life is dedicated to Vishnu, he has to suffer all the reactions of sinful activities, end quote. So my question is, what is the connection between a life dedicated to Vishnu and uh, the regulation of the senses? So... Is it possible to ded dedicate myself to Vishnu without regulating my senses? No. Short answer is no, because um, as Prabhupada says in the purport that, that where you highlighted that um, the nature of the material world is, it's like a current, it's like a sinful current, especially in this, this, uh, this world that we're in currently here on this realm. It's like a, a current, everything degrades basically over time. I mean, that's why those devastations have to happen is because it just gets to the point, everything deteriorates in the material world. So not only does it deteriorate in the material sense that um, it's deteriorating our consciousness. So we, it's like a current that that is uh, inertia or illusion is always, is always active. So material world is so created. So it's actually created this way that one has to act sinfully, knowingly or unknowingly. So even if we, we don't even know what's going on, we're, we, we will end up having uh, activity, doing activities which are sinful. That's just the, the current of the material world. So as you're asking, so can we, do we have to regulate our senses? Yeah, we, we do because the senses are are always needing to act that is that that they have to be engaged and so the way to control senses is to is to engage them in uh life dedicated to vishnu or engage them in activities which are favorable to worship of krishna worship of vishnu the supreme lord and indirectly or directly uh, that, that is your answer? Yeah. Do you have something to add? No, no. Wonderful answer. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Okay. Any other contributions? Uh, uh, I, have one, I have one second question, but I can wait for the others to okay. speak. Haribo Karunya Shakti Devi. She is that her internet is not so good right now but she says um karuna shakti says what a good reminder that lord brahma 
gives us about not being prideful. Yeah, he's so humble in his service. Barbara, Barbara says a yogi wants to withdraw from the senses. A devotee wants to use the senses. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, Vijay Krishna Prabhu, do you have something more? Yes, I have. Uh, uh, my, my second question is also related to the purport, mm -hmm. where I find the following quote. Um, yes, uh, give me a second. Um, yes, uh, quote. Uh, um, those who worship them, quote, those who worship demigods are not very intelligent. Besides that, the demigods say, quote, we are your eternal servants, end quote. So those who are servants or devotees of the Lord are not very much concerned with fruitive activities, the performance of prescribed yagyas or mental speculation. And this is what I, I need for you to explain to me. They simply serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead sincerely with love and faith, performing everything with that loving service. And the Lord gives such devotees direct protection." End quote. So my question is, what is the meaning of the, in this context of the word uh, sincerely? Means that um... They're not. They're not wanting uh, something material from him. That uh, you know, because one can get something material from the demigods. Uh, demigods can be approached for anything material, depending on which. Especially like going to particular demigods for particular things, but the material things are temporary. Krishna can give material things, however. It's kind of like, it's not, it's not so nice. Like if you go to, you know, like it, it's like if you go to us, let's see, like, hmm. yeah, like approaching, it's like children approaching parents and being like, oh, mom, can I like get a, can I get this like really, this type of candy that's really like, gives me temporary pleasure but rots my teeth or something and the, and the parents are like you're gonna ask me for that like if you're gonna ask me for anything could you just ask me for something that's good for you so uh sincerely my understanding is is that when we're approaching krishna that we are being efficient and intelligent with our requests in the sense that we're asking him for something that not only is good and soothing and beneficial for us but also pleases him because when we're asking for someone something from someone especially from the supreme lord we want it, him to be pleased in that asking so sincere means we're approaching him in a mood of i want to please you so if uh Sincere means we understand what pleases Krishna. So when we approach him, if we are asking for anything or whatever we're saying, we want it to be pleasing. We want, we want to do it for him, actually, not, not necessarily for us. And if we are doing it for us, 
that's okay. It's just not as uh, pleasing to Krishna. And ultimately, if we do something that's pleasing for him, ultimately we're, we are more pleased in the, in the bigger picture of it. Uh, uh, what? Does that make sense? Oh, completely, completely. Wonderful answers. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Krishna, thank you, Prabhu. You're welcome. Okay, other comments? We have 10 minutes. Hi, Krishna. Thank you very much. Nice class. And uh, it made me think of um, Kalad Maharaj in the seventh canto and how he uh, offers prayers to the Lord. And like his whole mood, you know, he, uh, he has full faith, of course, that uh, Lord Nursingadev will give all protection, but it seems like his whole mood as a um, pure devotee is, you know, you don't even, even have to ask for protection in a sense. So, um, so I was just wondering if you would like to say something about that, where um, um, devotees don't even maybe think of asking for anything except maybe pure devotional service and is that like um unrealistic and not being on a, a, a platform that's um that we should be on i mean if we're kind of dealing with a lot of things that we need to ask for should we just you know come out with it <laughs> or or should we just try to like uh, bite the bullet and be like Prawad. <laughs> so I just wanted to hear some reflections from your side. Well, we have to pray to our level of faith. Prahlad has great faith. He understands that he doesn't even need to ask. Just like a, a child who has great faith in the parents knows that they'll give him protection even if he doesn't ask. That's the, that's the level of love in their relationship that Prahlad has with the, the Lord. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we can, we can, it's best to pray where at our, at our sincere level. At the same time, we can, um, we can hear about such, such, a, such level of, of faith. And we can also aspire so just like if um just like if we we have a certain capacity and we're aware of what our capacity is and we can understand there's like a little like stretch zone past our capacity so when anytime we want to grow in a certain area there's like a little stretch zone it's a little uncomfortable and but be if it's too far past the stretch zone we'll break but if it's too if it's not if we're not in that stretch zone then we can become complacent and just stay where we're at so in spiritual life when we're praying we can we can be aware of of our sort of like when we start to get a little bit like okay krishna like my faith ends like right here but i'm gonna just i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna pray and trust you just a little more 
I'm going to I'm going to take the risk past my level of faith to trust you a little more than I do right now and and have faith have a little more faith than I feel like I really do because I know that Krishna will reciprocate with that anytime that we that we act in our in our stretch zone where we're a little comfortable then that it's reciprocated with and we grow so um, Krishna reciprocates when we take those little stretch zone growth risks where where we want to grow sincerely in our faith for him so we can pray a little past our <laughs> faith level to um in order to actually grow it but yeah Prahlad it's interesting that you're noting this that the demigods are asking for protection as if it's not there they don't need to ask really but they are asking and um Prahlad he 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 just says you you're protecting me he believes it and the the experiences that he went through with his father where he was basically he should have he should have died several times. Um, he didn't because of that faith. And his faith, faith, faith was shown through those examples. And they're, they're, they are, um, they're meant for us to be, to meditate on, to understand and see that level of faith. Because it shows that we, that this is the level of protection that the Lord provides, whether we ask for it or not. But really what it depends on is how much we trust him to protect us. Yeah, I was, I was from Mother Nietzsche's question. I was thinking too, uh, regards to Prahlad Maharaj, he also spoke the Nishringa Kavacha mantras. And the Nishringa Kava mantras are very detailed um, prayers about pr protection of every part of one's existence from all the directions, from unfavorable, you know, omens, spirits, protecting, you know, everything from the toe to the head, to the navel, to the organs, and super detailed. So I, th I think it's an interesting combination that a pure devotee, Mahabhagava, like Prahlad Maharaj, doesn't need to ask at the same time, knows that his body is the temple of the Lord. And so he's uh, fully qualified and comfortable to also speak these beautiful mantras and then lord chaitanya when he was dancing through uh jarikanda forest he's he's saying krishna krishna pahimam krishna krishna rakshamam krishna keshava pahimam rama raghava rakshamam so here's lord chaitanya supreme personality of god in the mood of a devotee in a new mood of a bhakta and he's asking for protection and my lord please maintain me please protect me so again these examples aren't they're, they're infused with, you know, pure sincerity and pure devotional service. So it's different than just, please protect me with an agenda so that I can, you know, have some, you know, with my, because of my personal agenda. But, you know, Prahlad Maharaj, Lord Chaitanya praying, it's, it's a way of dependency of just, you're, you're, the, you're the supreme protector. You're Bhaktaram Yagatapasam Sarvaloka Hameshwaram. So I, I express these prayers as your subordinate. So I, I think there's a unique feature in how even these exalted personalities are asking for protection. But nevertheless, they are. They're asking, please maintain me, please protect me. And Prahlad Maharaj is describing every part of his physical existence even, and his mental existence for protection. So I, I, I think that combination is quite um, honorable of 
both not needing to ask at the same time asking in the spirit of yes i'm your subordinate and you're the supreme protector thanks you know I, it was reminding me of um krishna nandini when she was in vrindavan uh, taking treatment for her cancer and uh she it seems like she wasn't on uh you know like heavy painkillers or whatever at the time must have been taking uh more natural cures or something anyway so um she was having to deal with a lot of pain and suffering and so at one point she just went to the deities the krishna balaram mandir and kind of like poured out her heart and uh you know, she really just didn't want to uh, more or less, you know, have to be um, on drugs or depend on, you know, oh, you know, my Lord, please just take take all this <laughs> suffering away or whatever. So she's going in front of the deities and then she said she, she the deities talked to her. I mean, everybody knows, you know, Krishna Nandini, not like some, um, well, very sincere. So whatever she had to say about this pastime she had with the deities was um, believable, of course. So anyway, so the, the deities are telling her, uh, no, you need to, uh, you know, you need to take something for this pain you need to do something about this. And so more or less, the deities are like telling her how she can um, protect herself and, you know, in terms of all these things. And, and I saw that as a result of that, she was able to um, preach, preach up a storm. <laughs> almost to the very end you know she had like uh she had the um the strength and she had the um less distraction from all the pain uh, in other words she she did what the deities said she was given the facility to preach a lot more than if she was just you know completely in pain and couldn't do a thing and uh and and therefore the lord protected her i mean she was just she was saying how she was trying to just you know stick it out and <laughs> she didn't really want to uh do anything that um you know was not right and she didn't really want to be depending on different things but anyway so the lord he's protecting and and he's practically um telling okay this is your prescription and and then she took it up and and the whole vaishnav community around the world benefited from her preaching you know i mean wow so all all glories to her <laughs> thank you that's a really nice example yeah we have to do what what we can what we do what we need to do to stay stay in meditation on Krishna and in service. And so sometimes that means, yeah, not, not to, it's kind of like that story when someone said, oh God, you weren't, you didn't come to save me. And he said, I sent a boat. 
I sent a helicopter, I sent all these different ways, but you're thinking that it has to come in one way or another way. So yeah, sometimes we we need to do what we need to do to stay to stay uh, focused in our devotional service and stay stay yeah, active. Yeah, that's a great example. Okay, anyone else? I think it's good. Okay, so uh, if anyone, if everyone wants to just say hello and Hare Krishna for the day, you can unmute yourselves and your video and just say hi. Hey, Krishna. Wonderful class. Hari Haribo. Happy Haribo. birthday to Samya Prasprabhu. Oh, no yes. way. Oh, Is it really his birthday? birthday? Happy birthday to <laughs> you. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, dear Samya Prasprabhu. Happy birthday to you. Cha cha cha. Haribo. Haribo. We know, Prabhu, are you still on? No, it's not. No, okay. All right. All right, Krishna. Yeah, Krishna.